Get In Losers, we're talking about our feelings. Okay, hello, we're here with Tyler Stahl. Hello. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, Tyler is my brother. Um, he is a year and a half older than me, so you're 26 right now? 26, about to be 27. Yeah. yeah. Almost yeah. A, almost a year and a half to the day. We're three days apart. Yeah. It's a year and a half exactly. Yeah, a year and six months apart. Mm-hmm. So in school and stuff, Tyler was always a year ahead of me. So, I mean, we never really, like, had, like, the same friend groups or anything. I mean, do you feel like we did? No, I mean, I think it just kind of blended because our mom was the teacher, you know, so we yeah. saw the same group of kids a lot of the times, but... Yeah, and plus we grew up, our school had, like, maybe, geez, 60 kids per grade. No, I mean, we had 60 kids per grade. You guys actually had a big graduating yeah, we class. Had one of the bigger you guys classes. had like a hundred and that was Woo! like unheard of. That was baby. unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were huge. No, I think we had like 90 or something. I know we were at, right at like 62. Yeah. And that was like pretty that. average for all of the classes. Um, so we, you know, grew up in a really small school. So it's kind of hard to have super separate like cliques or friend groups. Like everyone kind of meshes mm-hmm. even in different grades and stuff. Yeah. You had a lot of, um, like, as I noticed whenever uh, I was first entering high school as a freshman, all the freshman kids in my grade would already be friends with seniors. And yeah. so it, the grades would mesh like that because of sports and different classes and right. stuff. So everyone right. knew everyone. So Which, that's a good segue because something I wanted to ask you was, we've kind of touched on this before, but like, you've never had a super, like, best, best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. All throughout elementary I feel like I didn't really have like a best best friend like I was really good friends with like Taylor Durbin Jade Murphy Katie Gibson like all them um Eden but when it hit like seventh grade I felt like Anastasia and I were like best best friends Mm -hmm. you know and then like senior year me and Cass were like best best friends you know I think maybe you can tell me what your theory is but I think it's because you were into sports and you like played like every sport during every season but then you were also really into like academics and stuff Mm -hmm. and so you kind of fit in with the I don't want to say like nerdy like they weren't nerdy but like the kids that didn't play sports and the kids that did play sports and I felt like your class I feel like your class had a lot of like jerky dudes it's like even though you did play sports and you were like around those guys you have such a good heart that I feel like you didn't totally like mesh with them is that fair? I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it is because, like you were saying, like, I, I played sports, so I was friends with all the athletic kids. Yeah. But then I was really into my grades, and so I was with the kids that were solely about academics. But then also, like, I'm a little weird, and so I kicked it with, like, the weirder kids, you know? Like, yeah. the kids that watched anime and stuff, like, that we thought were weird yeah. when we were younger. Um, but I, I thought they were funny, so I yeah. kicked it with them, too. So I was just, I was cool with everyone. But, yeah, like, kind of like you're saying, like... I guess, like, the the few kids that were popular or whatever that were kind of looked at as a little bit mean or jerky. Like, I, I wasn't cool with that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just think, I feel like, I feel like every grade has that, though. 
I I've, really don't feel like mine did. And maybe that's me being just I, like... I, I, I could think of a few people. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so I guess I was no, just I blind. Think, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think every grade has. <laughs> I guess I was just naive then because I... Maybe I fell into the trap of growing up in a, a small town and small school where you're kind of like, oh, we're all family, which now I realize is so fucking toxic. Mm. But uh, in the time, I was like, I loved... And I still do love everyone in my grade. Like, I do feel like we're a family. And, um, I'll like, be, uh, sorry. I'll be, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'll be excited for our 10 year reunion. Yeah. You're just I think, yeah, up. And it's so weird. That is it's so, so weird. weird. Yeah. In, in two years, dude. Yeah. Two years will be 10 years since I graduated high. And that, that sucks. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so old. Yeah. How do you feel about when you think about the kids that were in your grade and stuff? And so many of them are married and have kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, how do you feel that compares to kind of your life path or like where you are right now? I mean, I shoot, like I, I never, I didn't have my first serious relationship, serious girlfriend until I was a senior in high school. Like you thought that was serious? I wouldn't classify that as like serious. What steady? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my first like serious one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, the other ones were just like little flings, like little seventh grade relationships yeah. that lasted two weeks, and you right, like thought right. it was forever, you know? Yeah. But no, that was my first serious relationship. So, but even then, when I got into that, um, I almost knew that I didn't want to get married until I was at least thirty. Like yeah. I, I knew that in my heart, in my mind, I knew that I wanted to focus on me for a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I mean, immediately as soon as we graduated, maybe a few years into college, and yeah, that's when I started noticing, like, people were already getting married and stuff and having kids, and that was blowing that my anxiety. mind. Yeah, it was, it, I could not fathom having a kid I know. right now. I, no, I'm like, not. ew, kids, they suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was at um, the bar with Cass the other night, and there was this girl talking to us, and, you know, she mentioned that, like, because she was, like, 25, 26, like, our age. She was like, I know, I can't believe people have kids right now. And I was like, ew, kids are disgusting. I would die if I had a kid right now. She's like, I know. <laughs> you got you got very lucky, though, dude. Like, what he, was he is, Yeah, he is a very good kid. I mean, yeah, every parent would say this. Obviously, you wouldn't change anything for the world. But all the people that are younger than me, I'm always like don't have kids yeah, it's because tough. you I'm still such a kid mm-hmm. and I try my best with him and I think he's amazing but obviously every day I learn how to be a better parent and every day that I would have waited I would have been a better parent yeah, you exactly. know what I mean yeah you have you have so much life of you yeah ahead of you like yeah. that's and I know I want more kids but I definitely definitely want to wait until I'm like married and settled because yeah I and not a kid person. I just it just makes me so nervous. Like I I feel like right now where I'm at in my life, like I'm still not totally fulfilled happy with like oh yeah. where where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? Like I I like where I'm at right now. Somebody I was talking to um asked me like who is the best person I know? And I was like, "Oh my gosh, Tyler, 100%." Like, you don't think so? Your heart is just so pure. Like I think it's a tie between you and Mammal cuz you both well, I was, I was just going to say, yeah. I think I get that from You both are she, so pure. She was really, she was a really good influence on yeah. both of us, I think. Like, we, yeah. it's not like we lived with her or anything like that. I mean, but we were just, like, with them a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I I saw a lot of their morals yeah. and how, how you should treat people. Yeah. And I and just I think, think that, yeah. I think maybe the 
difference between you and Mammal is like I think Mammal lives her life with um, care and purpose and love because of religion and because of God. But I think you live your life in the same way, but not because of any entity or any yeah. God, just because you want to be good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's, I, I, I was, and we, we were talking about this, um, I used to be super religious. Yeah. Like, and that, that was like very early on in my life. Um, that was, I got baptized at nine years old. Really? And I was, you were yeah. that young. And I was like really feeling it too. Yeah. Like I, I like really was about it. Like I, Do I you think you were it. feeling it though? Because it was a little bit like brainwashy. Like, I mean, I it, guess like even like a little culty, like, like yeah. possibly. Yeah. Like oh, that's 100%. totally, that's totally true. In my opinion, if you are telling a nine year old child and we had grown up in the church, so we had been getting this gospel and this message for years and years like our papal was a pastor and our mama was a sunday school teacher and mom was teacher you know um and going to bible school and going to wednesday night church and sunday church and and if you're just being ingrained in that idea Mm -hmm. how can you not yeah feel like it's the right thing and feel like i totally get that um i just felt like at a really early age like i whenever we would begin the lesson for the day or whatever and we were listening to the sermon and like i would i would catch the moral you know of the story that we were learning you know like how to be a better person whatever Mm -hmm. i feel like i would get that you know along with the adults where i feel like the other kids were just like sketching or like playing with their toy or whatever right so i i felt like i i knew what we were trying to grasp from a really early age um i mean and that i guess that lasted a little bit i mean um, until i really hit high school and then i really started to like learn things for myself Mm -hmm. and that's when it kind of trailed off i was just like well wait a minute like Mm -hmm. something could not be right do you remember like kind of what that i don't want to say breaking point because i don't think you ever had this dramatic exit of like leaving the church not not leaving the church but like like i said that kind of trailed off whenever i hit high school but really the thing I remember most was, I think it was my sophomore year in college. Um, and I had like been to church kind of like during the holidays only, you know, like I had yeah. really been on a normal Sunday. Um, but I, we had to listen to a Ted talk, um, for one of my classes and the, the title of the Ted talk was called atheism 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it just basically talked about how no way there's this, god that lives in the clouds like that's not true like it was just these stories that were passed down to teach you how to be a better person like and that's fine. kind of yeah okay. and so we, we can take that all into account that we know yes this is not true you know but then we can still grab things from religion that could help us out in today's oh yeah 100 and that's and that's all it was about and so like that i saw that video and i remember just laying there in bed and just like almost starting to cry because i was just like wow i was like this my whole life, you know, yeah. I was like, this stuff that I was like really into just like isn't real, you know, mm-hmm. and like that sucks. But I mean, there's still things that you can grab from certain religions and every religion, really, because they all basically have the same core principles, right? You know, so that that's kind of what really mm-hmm. did it for me. And ever since then, I was that is just haven't really thought about it ever since that. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of who's gone it's kind of never moved, thought about it. just kind of kind of moved on after that <laughs> but you i think before you've told me that you identify as an atheist right i would say atheist yes but then i mean obviously 
I think you're more like non-denominational. I couldn't even tell you what that means. It, just that you don't really identify with any core principles, I think. But it's it's like a Christian, but it's like not Baptist, not, you know what I mean? I wouldn't even say that then. Really? Yeah. No, okay. I mean, because I would, I would stick with atheist because I know in my heart that there's nothing out there. Okay. But I feel like every one of us leans agnostic. Because how do you know? You know, because we don't know. Right. You know, and that and that's the core thing is like you don't know. And like that's where agnostic comes in, is that there could be because of course there could be. Like there right. of course. Like the universe is always expanding. Right. You know, we, we don't know. You know, but I know that there's nothing sitting up there watching us, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that's where I go atheist. Okay. So talk to me about kind of entering college because I feel like when we talk to mom, she has said multiple times like, oh, that you changed when you left for college and you like kind of stopped caring about like grades and being busy and stuff. Like, tell me about kind of that transition. Yeah, I, yeah, because I feel like during elementary school and during high school, like I was so focused on grades just Mm -hmm. because like. To the point where Tyler definitely had some sort of disorder, like <laughs> some sort of like OCD, some sort of... Really, like going to therapy about it, like uh-huh. really thinking about it. I really do think it was because of our parents' divorce. Really? That, that in my mind, okay, if I'm perfect here mm-hmm. and I don't mess up, then like everything will be okay. You yeah. know, and like that's, that's kind of where I've yeah. thought about that more. And I mean, I also have a lot of like OCD and very controlling tendencies. So maybe it's similar, but I kind of diverted the other end of the spectrum and I just like didn't give a shit about my grades. Mm. Like I just wanted to like, you know. I was so paranoid about my grades that I broke out in shingles mm-hmm. when I was in seventh grade because I was yeah. so nervous, so yeah. nervous, so freaked out, so scared. I thought multiple times that happened. No, it just happened that one main okay. time. And I remember because I, here's the story. I was in the, the seventh grade gym <laughs> locker room and we had just gotten done with gym class and I was taking off my sweaty shirt or whatever from going hard in dodgeball. And I took off my shirt and Ben Meredith, he <laughs> literally saw my back and he was like, bro, he was like, what? <laughs> What is the matter with your back? And I was like, "What do you mean, man? I I literally had no clue." Do shingles like itch or anything? I don't th- I don't remember them really itching, but just like just them being like so many bumps, like yeah. so many. And he was like, "Go look in the mirror." And I looked in the mirror and just it looked like a huge rash, right, like, everywhere on my back. And I remember going to the doctor about it, and he was like, "Um, this is not normal." He was like, "This is a older person thing." He was like, "You normally get this when you're like 50, 60." Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm just really stressed about my grades. You know, he's like, calm down. Meanwhile, he had like all A's. Like, Tyler's stress in high school would have been like if he got an A minus, I'd say. I remember, um, yeah, I remember like biology class. Because I was never really a science kid. Because like mm-hmm. that was always a really hard subject for me. But I remember like Mr. Bean Blossom. Like, I, I was like, gonna get a B. Like, mm-hmm. regardless, I was gonna get a B. And it just flipped me. It freaked Aww. me out. Yeah. And, like, I would, like, go into his class, and he would, like, try to console me in any way he can, whatever. And I was just, I was freaking out. I just yeah. didn't like it, you know, Ugh. but I, I don't know. But, like, like you were saying, going back to your question, I remember getting into college and realizing how hard it is. You know, just, like, one, the amount of work you do because you're taking multiple classes at once, multiple papers you have to read, chapters you have to read, homework you have to do. Realizing how hard it is. And then just being like, whoa, dude, like, it's probably okay if I get a B or I get a C. Like, I'm 
I'm kind of halfway expecting that, you yeah. know? So I think that like realizing what it was like helped a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Because... And I'm sure so many people struggle with the structure, like going from like you being so on from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and then going to practice until like 6 p.m. and then getting home, doing homework, eating dinner, showering, going mm-hmm. to bed. But college, it's like having this free time. I don't think you ever really learned like time management. Yeah. And that will screw you up. Because I feel the opposite. I feel like college was much easier than high school Oof. for me because I was good at like structuring my day. And, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not good at that. Yeah. yeah. If you give me an option to go to an 8 a.m. class or sleep in, like I'm going to sleep in. Yeah. Like that. I skipped so many classes. I did too. And that's awful. So bad. You know, that's awful. Yeah, but I just, oh my gosh, I remember skipping so many classes. And like, whenever I would go to the class finally, like my teacher would be like, shocked that I was there, you know? And like, that's that's, that's so bad. bad. But like, I, I just wanted to sleep, dude. Yeah. Like, I was tired. But Tyler also, we have very different learning styles. Um, pretty much everything comes easy to Tyler. Like, you could freaking give him you know, a new game that's super complicated and he would have it down in like 30 seconds. And he's the type of kid that like learned the Rubik's cube in like two minutes. And you know what I mean? Could memorize like the front and back of a worksheet or like a study sheet in two minutes while it would take me hours and hours. And I think we knew that about our learning styles growing up, which is why mom would always be like, if you like got a B, she'd be like, Tyler, you can do better. But if I got a B, she'd be like, Katie, you're great. You're amazing. You know, because I was such a dumbass. Well, I feel like that also going along with that, I feel like that's why college was kind of hard for me is because in high school, it is a lot of just memorization and just boom, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. College is very open-ended. Like you really have to know what you're talking about. And that, you have to really search for the answer sometimes. Yeah. And that's hard yeah. for me sometimes. Like because... I remember like our senior year, I specifically remember um, being in our history class and writing, still doing that shit where you're like going to the back of the book, finding the vocab word, writing yeah. it down on yeah. a worksheet. Like, I can't believe that we were doing that as seniors. That mm. is not learning. Like I think that's that's where I finally understood that memorization is not learning you know and like i i love to memorize things just to get it down you know but then where am i actually learning you know like where is this really being implemented right you know right in college so is that where you kind of partied for the first time like partied a lot yeah did you Um, drink in high school i can't remember i it was the summer before my senior year is when you drank for the first time Drank for the first time yeah i was super straight edge yeah Yeah. i was straight edge as hell wow for a long time yeah i so it would have been summer after my junior year for my senior year when i drank for the first time me and kaylee mccutcheon were freaking drinking peppermint schnapps in seventh grade Out of her tap's liquor cabinet. And wouldn't you all like fill it back up or something like that? So I don't remember. Know? I feel like I that's know. what a lot of kids do. <laughs> but no, I like, I just like didn't have the need for it. But I just, I feel like whenever I first drank for the first time, got drunk for the first time, and then I realized how not scary it was. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I was like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, I was like, I've, I've been told all my life, like, don't do this. It's right, so scary, right. you know? And it really wasn't. Right. So I think that's kind of where it went bad for me is because I was like, oh, I could really push this, you uh-huh. know? And yeah, summer. So that's when I started drinking. Let's see. Summer before 
my freshman year in college is when I smoked weed for the first time. Summer before your freshman year? Yeah, so... Ri- where summer, was that? Summer after I graduated. What do you mean, where was that? Like, where did you smoke for the first time? Cable Spring. Oh, like, just with your friends yeah, from high yeah, school? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I finally got to college, and... It was everywhere. The drugs at college. It was everywhere. Shocked me. Everywhere. Yeah, shocked I was not. Me. I was not prepared for that. I wasn't either. Like I realized that we were a little bit sheltered in high school. I was never around drugs in high school. For me, it was like yeah, everyone was like smoking, but it was also like pills and like yeah. uh, like acid, and I had never even seen acid before. I had uh, never I, seen weed before. Wait, I think, no, I saw weed like once in high school, but that was it. I remember you telling me that story about you seeing acid at that frat house. And I thought I th- it was like stickers. I think you saw it before I ever saw it. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was scary. <laughs> you didn't know like, what it was. <laughs> I know, but when I found out what it was, like, I remember going to parties with Michaela and literally like taking a book because I I just was not into it at all and I definitely like came into the party scene like for sure like second semester freshman year and sophomore year and stuff and then I got super into the party stuff but just coming out of being super sheltered and never partying in high mm. school like I don't even know if I had ever went to a real party and oh no I, I definitely didn't yeah yeah so that's interesting what well, I- yeah, I think we we were definitely sheltered. And I mean, I don't think that was our mom's fault. Because I, no. I don't think she was intentionally doing that. But we definitely were sheltered. Like mm-hmm. we, I mean, but also, like you said, we had busy lives. Like yeah. we had to be at school half an hour to an hour earlier than everyone else because our mom was a teacher when we couldn't drive yet. Right. Um, and so we, we would be at school at 6.45, 7, somewhere, whatever. School started at 8, whatever. Um and then we would go to school all day, have practice afterwards, and then come home, eat dinner, work, go to sleep. You know, that's right. how it was all, basically throughout our entire high school career. Yeah. So we never really had the chance to yeah. go out and adventure and party. Yeah. I think um, maybe, and maybe this was the case for you too, maybe I would have been a little more into that stuff in high school because my prime, I feel like everyone's prime age for doing that is like 16 to 18, mm-hmm. you know? But from 16 to 18, I was with Luke 24-7, and we were always together. And I think if he would have been into that, then I would have. Which, apparently, he was, and I just didn't know it. (laughs) Everyone tells me, they're like, oh, yeah, I used to party with Luke. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was, like, so dumb and naive. But, you know, we were always together. I would spend, like, every weekend with him. So, you know, and maybe that was you with Stephanie, because she never was into that either. So Mm. I'm sure that that kind of kept you on a certain path. I just, I just think it was the the freedom that we had. Yeah. You know, like we didn't have our parents breathing down our back and we were a good distance away. I mean, we were only two hours away, mm-hmm. but that's a good enough distance to where they couldn't come unannounced. Right. You know, they, they would call us or text us and say, hey, I'm coming down this weekend. Right. So we had time to prepare. Right. Um, and so I just think we, it was right in front of us and we had well, the I, ability. I didn't do any drugs in college Crazy. at all. Crazy. At all. I never smoked weed. I never did anything. Um, you drank, I just, though. I drank a lot. Yeah. 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 I would, like, binge drink. Like, I wouldn't drink throughout the week. And then Saturday night hit, and it was, like, it's a, wild. It's a form of alcoholism. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I was, like, a binge drinker, for sure. Yeah. But do you feel like the people that you met in college, like, your freshman, sophomore year, like, do you feel like they were a good influence, bad influence? Like, how do you think it changed kind of your friend group? You were friends with a lot of girls. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, 
freshman year, I it was me, my guy roommate, and I also lived with the RA at the time, oh, which sucked. Yeah. But whatever, it kind of had its advantages too because like yeah. we got to do like the cool stuff with him. Whatever. You got a bigger room. You got a bigger room. Yeah. Um, but then it was us three guys, and then thirty-two girls on one floor. Wow. I, I didn't have another single guy in another room on my floor, and wow. so I, yeah, that was like all the choice I had was to be friends with the girls. And I remember day one of college, I was like, all right. I was like, I'm going to go introduce myself. And so I went and knocked on every single door in my floor. Oh, and I that's was, good. And I, I thought it was a good idea, too. And I was like, hi, my name is Tyler. I was like, if you guys need to like move some furniture or something like that, <laughs> oh just like let me, let me know. I'm right down there. That was your pickup line? <laughs> it wasn't really even the pickup line. Like you I just wasn't, wanted to like make yeah, friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't really looking, like obviously if I like saw. Yeah. But at the time I was dating Stephanie. Oh, you know, I was in yeah. a relationship entering college that's and hard. that, yeah, that's super hard. Yeah. It was very hard. So you guys broke up first semester or second semester? Second semester. Yes. Yeah, Early semester. on second semester. No, I mean it was, it was like kind of towards graduation okay so you no dated... no 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 we broke up do you remember if you had christmas together we broke up december of my sophomore year so really? i yeah i dated that my entire first that's year that's shocking yeah. because so many people break up like first semester college it that, was tough. she was still in high school yeah it was tough and so tell us about like kind of your experience with alcohol and drugs and where you are now and stuff well so you alcohol, started kind of experimenting like freshman year of college, you would say. Yeah, alcohol was never really my drug of choice. I yeah, kind of like you were talking about, like I would binge drink. Like I liked the feeling, you know, that you would get from getting drunk, but mm-hmm. uh, it it took so long to yeah. get to that feeling, what I was looking for, you know. And yeah. I think when I first experimented with weed and with pills. It, you got that feeling super quick, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's where I kind of fell into this trap of doing it a lot, you yeah. know? And so I think that kind of, that's where it kind of spiraled for me. I got into this like really kind of dark place with the pills. At what point? Like sophomore year? Oh no, this was, this is later on. This was like, this was after I graduated. Oh. Yeah. So like really throughout college, I would, like, mess around. Like, I would drink sometimes. I would smoke a lot. Like, that was the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, like, mess around with, like, LSD shrooms, you know, like... Yeah, but it wasn't, like, a consistent thing. No, no, no. Those were, like, very, very rare. Right. Because um, they were kind of rare to come around, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't have, like, a guy. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't have an acid guy. <laughs> but, um, but then it was, like, after I graduated where I, I found a guy that could get me a lot. And I just... Took a lot, mm-hmm. and I got, got kind of addicted to them, mm-hmm. um, to a point where it was like every two days, like I was getting more, yeah. you know, and just eating the whole thing. Did you ever have like a kind of wake up call situation? Like, was it? Do you want to talk about rehab or? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, kind of the wake up call thing. It probably would have been. Oh shoot! Wouldn't that would have been like. So you graduated college and then you became a teacher. Yeah. Um, and I and I hadn't done it really then. It, that yeah, was, you probably that was couldn't, like, right? Oh, no, yeah, I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, that was probably the year prior. But my wake-up call really was, I went to this club one night. Um, and I, it was just, 
it was like my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just gotten back from our hometown. Mm-hmm. And I remember leaving our hometown and immediately taking some pills on my drive back and then hitting Washington and taking more. Still on my drive, still an hour away so from So it Evansville. was like you had to take it as soon as you got a, like as yes. soon as you were able to. Yes. Okay. And the wake up call was I got pulled over oh, in Washington. What were you at, on? Uh, it was Xanax. Okay. Um, I don't know what that does to you. Like what? Just like basically makes you numb okay. from the inside out. Just okay. don't feel a thing. And it's awesome. Um, <laughs> You're like, you should do it, it sometime. No, no, no. Don't do it. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's cool, I guess, to try it. I mean, because it's a very weird high feeling. You know, it's just, it's just nice. It's comforting. Um, but... I mean, like, I think that was the wake-up call was I got pulled over having those pills right in my little console, having already taken two bars, which is twice the amount that they, like, prescribe people. They mm-hmm. usually prescribe, like, a bar a day. Mm-hmm. It is, like, I think the recommended dose. Um, and somehow he didn't see it in my eyes, you mm-hmm. know? And I got to go on. Were and you speeding or what? I was Yeah, I was going, like... 52 and a 45 or some okay. shit. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the wake up call was that. And then me not remembering it. Ooh, um, yeah. I think because what Xanax does is it really fucks with your memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like your short term memory has gone, mm-hmm. like gone, absolutely gone. You, you basically black out. Um, and I remember telling a story to someone and I was like, um, yeah, I took, Two more here, two more here, like that. And I was like, and something happened. They're like, yeah, you got pulled over. And I was like, how did you know that? And they're like, you called me. And I was like, what? I was like, I didn't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was on that downward spiral and I was, uh, it ended up, so then I, I did all that. Sorry, that was a weird segue. I did all that, kind of had that wake up call, didn't really mess around with it. This would put us right at my teaching job, so fall of 2018. Okay. Um, I got my teaching job, didn't, hadn't done it for a while, um, but then spring of 2019, I kind of lost my mind. And I don't think that was because of the Xanax. I just think I things were happening in my life and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle them. Um, and so I had a manic episode. And during that manic episode, during that downward spiral, like that also fucked with my memory. Um, I didn't, I remember Logan from back home, him telling me stories about how I called him and would just like go off on him and like yell at him and stuff. And like, I don't remember any of this. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, how long did that last? That was like two weeks. Like, I think during that two weeks I got like maybe 20 hours of sleep. Like wow. I, you were just like up, like you were up. Like I remember you, like sometimes you would tell me, like, we would hang out or something. This is when, like, I was working at USI, I think. You would, like, come to eat with me, and you'd be like, yeah, I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning and, like, just sat by the river for three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I would go, I would wake up after two hours of sleep and go to the casino Mm -hmm. and blow all my money. Mm -hmm. Just, I didn't didn't know what was happening. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I lost so much money. Just because I was spending it willy nilly, mm-hmm. yeah, it was rough. And so I, so like all these people, all these things were happening. So you quit teaching at this point, right? I no, I was still teaching. 
at this point. I was still going to, because at this point I was an assistant teacher. Okay. I was still going to the school while all this is happening, kind of passing by, you know, like no one knew what was up. Right. Um, But then that's when I saw, I I knew that I needed some help, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I just checked myself into Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, um, it's like rehab, but you don't stay there, right? No, I, well, that's the thing. Yeah. It has two is inpatient and outpatient. Yeah. And I was outpatient, outpatient. That's where, um, I would go there every day in the morning, stay for the entire day from like nine to three. Mm-hmm. And then I would go home, mm-hmm. you know, and I did that for a month. Um, and it was basically just like a drug rehab place, you know, because I was, I wasn't messing around with that stuff, but I think like me losing my mind and me really thinking about, all the things I had done, you know, and I knew, I knew in the back of my mind that I still would do that. And I knew that I shouldn't. And so I think that's why I checked myself in, you know, cause I knew I needed shaken up, you know, do you feel like it did help or did kind of shake you up? I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I went, that was the first time in my life where I really went sober for a long time. I was sober for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I think it really helped. I loved, I loved Burnwood. I thought mm-hmm. it was great. I thought the people were great. Yeah, um, I just think, and maybe this isn't right, but, like, I remember me and Mom talking about it. It's not funny, but... You're laughing. I remember, <laughs> I know, because it's just... I think, obviously, I've, I've, I haven't ever known anyone that went to rehab. And so I kind of pictured it as this, like, transformational, like... You go and then you never do drugs again. And it's like, I don't think I really thought of it as like an ongoing battle. As yeah. addiction is like, you're going to be addicted for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like kind of like me with my eating disorder. Like I just because I'm recovered, I'm still, I still think about food and yeah. weight 24-7, you know? Even, even like, even now saying that word Xanax, like it like brings me back. Mm-hmm. And it sounds awesome, you know, like mm-hmm. to go back to that place, but like. Shoot, I haven't done, I haven't taken a Xanax pill in like roughly three years now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, because like that, that mainly was yeah my drug of choice. Like that was the one that like really did it for mm-hmm. me, you know. But even after doing Brunwood sober for two months, you notice, me personally, I kind of noticed that stuff like weed, alcohol, yeah, like, yes, they're debilitating. What's the word I'm looking for? What, debilitating? Debilitating, yeah. Like, yes, they hinder you in such a bad, negative way. I don't know. But, well, that's what I'm saying. But, compared to stuff, and I like, that's kind of bad for me saying, like, one drug is just as bad as the other. I understand that. But when you're looking at it, I would rather smoke a bowl of weed and be okay, you know, for a little bit, than get Xanax and pass out. Yeah, definitely. Basically, yeah, paralyze myself is what I was doing. Um, and I mean, so, so I looked at it as, okay, so it's not that I have to be a hundred percent sober because I don't think I need that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so you don't, is this a correct assumption that you don't really want to ever be fully sober? I think I would rather live my life occasionally drinking a beer Mm -hmm. or occasionally smoking a bowl of weed Mm -hmm. rather than do the hard stuff or rather than right go 100% sober yeah because yeah. I don't think that's possible I think once you live that lifestyle and once you see what's out there I think it's very 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 difficult to choose the sober life 
mm-hmm. because in my mind that stuff is a lot more freeing and a lot more takes the edge off like mm-hmm. that it helps you yeah. know sometimes a little bit yeah. helps sometimes and yeah. i'm not advocating for drugs in any way mm-hmm. like if you are having trouble with that like obviously you have to go get the help that you need like i got the help that i needed mm-hmm. um but just what works for me personally mm-hmm. is having an occasional beer smoking a little bit right. here and there you know and like it's changed so much since i was in college like i We'll go to the bar now after work sometimes, like maybe once a week and grab two beers and then be done. You know, like I don't get like blackout drunk anymore, you know, or I'll get high one night, maybe twice a week, you know, and just like go without it for two or three days and be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just so much different because I feel like I've done it a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. to where it's, it's almost like boring. Yeah. Well, I think like anything not even drugs or alcohol but if you're constantly thinking about anything and you get to that point where you're like i need this Mm -hmm. like i am like that i know it's such a dumb comparison but i'm like that with like sweets that i literally will like lie in bed and think about it and i'll like go out and buy a candy bar at like midnight because i just like need sugar so bad and like it's so dumb but i feel like i feel like if you're addicted to anything you kind of need to wean yourself off. Mm. I mean, it's so, so hard. Well, I mean, but... our mom has been telling us since we were little that we have that addictive personality. Yeah, like, I don't that, know that... how I feel about that. Oh, like, I kind of, I see it. I, I mean... see it with you, but like our parents were always like, oh, you got them stall genes. And, and like, <laughs> I, I understand genetics are a thing 100%. However, I think it's a lot about what you're surrounded with and what you manifest. You know, I'm like a huge manifester. I know you're not, but I'm not with it. yeah, <laughs> but I think the more you think about something, the more it manifests in your life. And I think if you're constantly being told by your parents growing up, oh, like you can't do that. You'll get addicted, which was true in your case, you know, but I think that if they would have grown up and said, Oh, well, if you ever try it, just, like, be safe and be careful. I think maybe would that have been, would have changed it, a little bit in it, your mind. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, definitely. I see I see what you're you saying. Know? Um, because you're just going to live out that prophecy if someone's always telling mm-hmm. you, you'll get addicted, you'll get addicted, and then yeah. it's like, you get addicted, mm-hmm. you know? I see what you're saying. I don't know. I think with Ledger, I don't think I'll ever tell him straight up, like, don't ever try drugs or don't drink before you're 21, you know, or don't ever get blackout or whatever. Because I do think it's kind of inevitable and I just want him to be safe and mm-hmm. healthy and I don't know. I mean, like like you said, it is inevitable. Like I I wouldn't want him as his uncle, like I wouldn't want him to do or try anything until he's at least fifteen, sixteen. Like I still feel oh, like I'd say later. I still feel like I just feel like before that you're so you're such a kid, you're so young, but like once you hit high school like, it's thrown in your face. I mean, because yeah. you're surrounded by seniors yeah. who have been doing it for four years. You know, like, you're by it. You're mm-hmm. right near it, you know, so it's right in your face. I just, I don't know. It just scares me. That's also, like, going back to, like, when we were first talking about, like, having kids, being a parent. Yeah. I, what? I could never let my kid out of my sight. I don't yeah. see how parents just do that. Yeah, it's scary. What? Never in my life. Like It's scary, and it also, maybe this is selfish, it makes me sad 
that like Ledger has memories without me. And even like Mason and I are obviously separated. And so he goes to Mason's and he goes to Mason's daycare and he goes to Mason's sister's farm and he has all these memories. And I'm so glad that he Mm. like is happy and has those experiences. But when he comes back and tells me, it makes me sad that like I wasn't there to see him happy. I wasn't there to experience it with him. And even when he's with me and he like goes with dad for an hour and goes to the park, it makes me sad when he comes back and he's, and I'm so glad that he had a good time. But it's like, I don't know, something I feel, like... I feel like at that point you should just try to change your frame of mind. Like, yeah. you should just be really happy that he's happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, know in your mind that it is physically impossible to for you, yeah, you yeah. to be the one that's always there, you to be the one that always makes him happy. Mm-hmm. That's that's not possible. Mm-hmm. You just have to... And I know it's not healthy because we all know those parents that are constantly trying to be that source of happiness for their kids. They're constantly buying them stuff. They're constantly catering to them doing everything they need and I am like that to a degree with Ledge just because like he is so little and he like is kind of a mom as a boy when he's around me but I try to not always give in to the pressure of making his life absolutely perfect and flawless at all times you know I don't get him every toy he wants we don't go to the park every time he asks and sometimes we do and sometimes I budge and I lean and we go get ice cream at 7 p.m. like we normally would not do, you know? But it's like, I don't know, creating a perfect life for your kid, I think, is maybe just as damaging as creating a horrible life for your kid in mm-hmm. a way. I think about, um, I'm thinking specifically specifically of this girl that we grew up with. Um, I was say, it sounds like you're like really thinking about someone when you're saying all Yeah, this. I mean, I'm going to cut this out. She was... As a parent, she was obsessed with doing everything that her daughter wanted, like giving her everything, taking her anywhere she wanted. Like it, like I know that they're in like massive, massive debt because you know they've been to Disney World so many times well, and I didn't they've even been. Think about that. Yeah, and it, I think it creates like this sort of unhealthy attachment to your parent because she knows her mom is like her only source of happiness, Mm -hmm. you know? So like what happens when her mom dies or what happens when her mom runs out of money or, you know, I don't know. I just never want to be in like that situation with Ledge. That's where I kind of appreciate that our mom sheltered us a little bit is because we were left alone in our own room with our own thoughts where we had to Mm -hmm. create you know, yeah. sort of our own happiness. Yeah. You know, like, I think mom had a really good balance because she like took us on trips and experiences. Yeah, we still like, and... even though we were like sheltered and we were like a little bit poor, mm-hmm. um, we still got to go like on a vacation once a year. You yeah, know, like, she definitely that was awesome. like prioritized um, experiences over, yeah. you know, yeah. material things. And I think that that was important. Talk to me about what you're doing now and what you feel like your life oh, is going to be dude, like. I don't freaking know. I'm just, <laughs> I don't I'm just, I'm just coasting right now. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. No, I'm, I'm going back to school right now. Um, I'm getting my MBA in data analytics and it's going okay. It's, it's just so difficult for me right now because these kids are getting their MBA when they've already have uh, a bachelor's degree in business, you right. know, like. They already have that. So and a lot of them already have work experience in yeah, business. Yeah, in doing and, this, yeah. in the business world. They've been yeah. doing this stuff for five, ten years, right. you know? Some of these classes I'm taking are with 40-year-olds, yeah. you know? Like, they've been doing it for 20 years. And this stuff is so brand new to me. Yeah. You know, it, it it's it's so hard, Yeah. you know? And it's also hard because it's all online. Mm-hmm. It 
I just wish I could see the professor. He could tell me what to do, and I feel like I would get it instantly, you mm-hmm. know? But it's just, it's hard where you have to teach yourself this stuff that you have absolutely no idea about, mm-hmm. you know? But, it, I mean, it. I'm cool with it because it is something that interests me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I'm getting this because I want to have a job in this area where I do this type of work. That's you know, what work. I was going to ask. Are you getting this major specifically for a specific job or just not a specific job but just in the field yeah Yeah. definitely in the field of using data using statistical analysis you know like stuff like that yeah um but where but where i could place myself in any job like any outlet you know Mm -hmm. because every job in the world every company uses data you know like so like i could be placed in any type of company i guess i would say yeah in any location which yeah yeah. Um, but I'm doing that right now. Um, I'm still working for William Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm a ticket writer is what we say, but I'm, I'm a bookie. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just take sports bets, which is the greatest job that I yeah. have ever had, probably will ever have, because I get paid decent. I get paid enough to pay my bills, and it is so freaking easy. Yeah. Like I watch sports eight hours a day. I talk about sports eight hours a day Mm -hmm. and someone will come up and say, give me 20 on Suns minus two. And I just click one button and give them a ticket and that's it. Yeah. You know, and I do that maybe 150 times a day. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. Easy jobs are such a blessing at certain times in your life. But do you ever get that like itch or that feeling of like, oh, I'd like to do something a little bit more challenging or I'd like to be. I mean, it, I always feel that at the beginning of every week, like literally Wednesday, two days ago, when I came into work, I was like, ugh, I was like, this same bullshit again. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, the same thing every week. You know, and I feel like it kind of, it kind of burns you out in a way. But I feel like right now in the situation that I'm in, I would rather have a job where I know what I'm doing. Same thing every day. It has health benefits. That you like enjoy. What, I have insurance. Yeah, I have insurance. I like the people that come. I like our regulars that come in every day. I get to talk to them. You work with your girlfriend, which is a huge. Which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, and right now, working on my degree, you know, so until I find a better job, having this job for another year and a half, like, that's fine with me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with yeah. that. Um, and yeah, just, it, I feel like when I was a teacher... I just woke up every morning hating it, mm-hmm. hating it, hating my life, hating, hated walking in through those doors every day. Oh my gosh. Just like knowing that I would have to pass through the office to go mm-hmm. sign in, knowing that I have to do the fake, hi, good morning. You know, like <laughs> shut up. Like God, I wanted to say shut up so many times. Like it was all so So it fake. wasn't like... It was more the culture and the environment that you didn't like. Oh, absolutely, than the kids? absolutely, okay. yeah. Whenever I tell people that I'm not a teacher, I anymore, thought you didn't like the kids. That's what they all say. Whenever I'm not a, te- whenever I tell people I'm not a teacher anymore, they always say, "Oh, I bet the kids are really tough." Yeah, the kids were tough. They're sixth graders. Yeah. Like they're gonna be tough. Yeah. You know, but they were the best part. What yeah. they were hilarious. One, yeah. two. They were some of them were so smart. You know, and it was just so cool teaching them. Hey. And fostering their learning you know like that was so such a cool experience it was the culture the people i worked with the higher ups the actual uh the corporation like and like lesson planning and stuff like that's not really your vibe and like you'd be shocked this i'm not gonna name the school that i went to but the school that i went to you'd be shocked um how little 
you do that. Like there really? was, there's almost none of that going on. Really? Like it was just like recycled. But don't you have to meet like specific like think. state requirements and you stuff? You would think. Yeah. Wow. Um, no, because like, yes, technically you did have to meet those, but it was totally up to you, mm-hmm. you know? And it was no, like you like, could just show a movie and be like, Oh, it meets this, this, and this. If you wanted to. Yeah. It, it was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I felt like I never had that person to say like, Oh, this is how you do it. Blah, blah, blah. Because like what you learn in college about teaching is totally, totally, totally different mm-hmm. than your real life experience. Like mm-hmm. you are coming like you as a college graduate you coming into a teaching job like it is hands-on learning like you are immediately brand new like you've never taken a teaching class in your life like you may grab some stuff that you remember from like maybe like enforcing the rules or something like that like you may remember that but it is like you're starting brand new because it is so different like it is tough it is tough it is a tough job the pay is is not where it should be. Like I should have been gotten paid double what I was getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of the first things that they told me whenever I first started teaching was, Oh, wait, 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 man, wait for that paycheck. You know, it's going to be all worth it. And I got the paycheck and it was not worth it, dog. <laughs> like what? that was not worth it. What the hell are you talking about? Like I got paid like 1100 every two weeks, no, every two, weeks? every two weeks. So I got paid, what, like five? you're saying after you're saying take yeah t- okay, yeah yeah uh so what i got 550 every week yeah no no dude that is not worth it no. you know no 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 i need Absolutely at least a not. thousand a week yeah it was yeah miserable. a thousand a week should should have been what you get paid yeah yeah Whew. gosh it was not worth it wow. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and so like looking back on it like it somewhat makes me sad that i went for this degree this elementary education degree and then didn't waste it, you know? Like, I actually, I went through it, you know? And it makes me sad that I didn't stick it out in a way. But, gosh, like, I feel like I'm so much happier mm-hmm. than what I was. Because, like, I literally will drive by that school and have, like, flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Have horrible, horrible memories, you mm-hmm. know? And just never want to touch that place again. Yeah. You know? And so, I think I made the right decision. Oh, yeah. You know, for my... For my own mental health i definitely think i made the right decision yeah so and like i kind of like that i have that degree uh like in my back pocket and so so just in case like i'm ever down bad or something Mm -hmm. like that like i can always go back and sub Mm -hmm. or try to get another job Mm -hmm. you know so like well and now that you'll have your master's you would be able to teach um undergrad courses if you wanted as an adjunct um and i think that the culture in colleges like um, is a lot different than kind of the school that you were at. I, I would think so. Um, but I think having a degree is so powerful and valuable in today's society, but probably like 10% of people that I know that have degrees actually work in Mm -hmm. their field, you know? So I don't, I don't really think it matters to be honest. So Tyler and I will both have our master's next year next spring is when i'm supposed to be done i think i'm supposed to be done like the the spring summer like when kids graduate yeah Yeah. that's when i'll be done yeah um so we should be graduating together hopefully um and that'd be cool we graduated twice together i know yeah we graduated in 2018 with our undergrads and then um we'll graduate in 2022 with our masters so that's pretty wild crazy we'll be the 
second and third person in our entire extended family with our masters. Our mom is the first. And she just got hers. And she just yeah. got hers a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even though obviously like our lives are kind of in shambles right now, but it's like, I'm glad that you're happy where you are and I'm so much happier where I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that having a master's at 27 and 26 is like, an incredible and it doesn't all fall on like where you land in the education spectrum like it matters about you know what you do with your life and how you treat other people in my opinion um but again I think a degree can only help and I'm mm-hmm. really proud of us like how far yeah. we've come and I think a lot of people not that it's bad to like move back to your hometown at all um but like I think it's cool that we stayed in Evansville after college and that we kind of created our lives here and you know, I bought a house here. You've been here for... Crazy thing about that. I've been here for eight years. That's insane. That's weird. Yeah. yeah Do you like weird. Evansville? Oh, yeah. I love Evansville. I think it's the... it's If I would ever move, this is the smallest type of city that I would go to. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I couldn't go to a city smaller than this. Right. Because I'm used to everything that we have here. You know, yeah. And everything being 10 miles away. I love it. You know, so that's... When people are like, works. Evansville has nothing to do... That's insane to me. Maybe they don't have like a ton to do, like activities and yeah. stuff, but like the amenities around here, like we have a mall 10 minutes away. We have a Target 10 minutes away. We have any fast food or restaurant that you have ever wanted. I have like a Walmart in like walking distance. Yeah. There are so many bars and nightlife and it's just... And we got the riverfront right there. That's nice too. Yeah. I, I love this area. I love the small town vibe like you were saying but with the amenities yeah. of a larger city. Because um, it definitely does have that small town vibe. Yeah. And even that, in the eight years that we've been here, it's grown so much. It's weird. It's weird. The The west side in particular. And like downtown. With the, with the Chick-fil-A coming in. That's weird. And um, Starbucks coming in west side. Yeah, strange. And yeah. now it's just like a normal thing to see. Yeah, we but, were. When we came in on the west side, there was still... Was it Burger King? Burger King. And Steak and, and Shake. Burger King, was on the... Steak and Shake. KFC was yeah. over here. Um, yeah, it was strange. It was a lot different. Yeah. And they had, do you remember that that outlet that they have where Radio Shack is? Like yeah. that rundown Radio Shack? That was like hopping. Like was there it? was like, oh, there was like, when we first where got Treasure here. Hunt is there, now? Yeah. There was like several businesses there. And there yeah, were like pretty a now. lot of cars. Yeah. And that place is empty now. Yeah. And yeah, downtown strange. like did have some things, but it's definitely a lot more like hipster and like gentrified yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just started going to downtown like four years ago, oh, maybe okay. though. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of hopped on late. Yeah. So yeah, that's our story, baby. That's my life. Crazy. What's <laughs> like, that? What's that no, it's not anything specific, but just like in movies, how like the ending scene is always like, it's like the main girl and she's like, and that's my life. Crazy, unapologetic, just me, you know, like so. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I kind of know what you're saying. Like the end of Disney Channel movies, yeah. where, they're, where they're like, "Well, that's our story." Yeah, it's like we've had a hell of a ride. Yeah, you know, exactly. we we went through we went through stories. We met some people. We we lived our lives. You and know, they it's trying like, to like wrap it. Yeah, all and they were like, "But you know what? We'll always have each other." Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of like how we would end all of our fourth grade writing assignments, where it's like, <laughs> and that's how they all found out. 
they love each other. And like the that's end. yeah, and it's like you try to mash in this life lesson in like two sentences because you're running out of time on the eye step. And then on the same Disney Channel movie after she says all that, she's like, "Hey Bryson, wait up!" You know? <laughs> Fades to black. Credits roll. <laughs> oh all right, gosh. so if you want to check out um, Tyler's socials, I will leave them in the show notes. Oh, gee, um, I'm not, I'm not about social you're media. You're not a big social media I'm person. I'm not at all, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I'm still going to leave them in case That's anyone fine. wants to, like, message you about the podcast or whatever. That's cool. Um, message Tyler if you have any questions about Xanax, I guess. That's, that's awful. That's <laughs> if you, awful. Uh, if you want that. him to give you uh, his Xanax man's number, no, then stop. that will that's be in so, the show notes. <laughs> that's so mean. No, that's so not true. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> I don't have his number, by the way. I, I deleted that shit. You're like, um, he's my number one speed dial. <laughs> no, um, awesome. At the end of every podcast episode, I ask someone like what their maybe like one or two sentence like life lesson has been so far in their life. So what do you feel like? Uh, geez. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Just be... Just try to be happy. Just try to be happy in every way. Like be like, especially your mental health. Like yeah. you really have to, you really have to work on that. Mm-hmm. What, what did Big Sean say? He said, working on myself and that's the most important work. Even, yeah. Even if you don't get paid for it. Yeah. yeah. That like 100%. really, really, you really have to work on yourself, you yeah. know? So like really, I would say just strive, strive to find things that make you happy and make you not wake up every morning just hating it, hating yeah. it all. Like. Try to strive to to find something that you feel like you're you're happy waking up in the morning. You're happy to to see people you love. Like yeah. I think that's a very important aspect in life that definitely we should all go for. Yeah, I think maybe the most important about yourself. I think the most important like externally is maybe making others happy and finding that human connection. Um, but internally, I think one hundred percent like making yourself happy and discovering yourself mm-hmm. is. 100 percent like yeah. the most important it helps thing. yeah all right that's all you got anything else nope all right uh, i really appreciate you having me here yeah this is, this, what this is what what do you mean <laughs> like we're i'm in a studio <laughs> we're sitting on the living room floor <laughs> no this was fun i liked it yeah all right all right bye guys later stay sweet <laughs> what is that that's not your catchphrase <laughs> ellie talk Ellie told me that I needed a catchphrase at the end of, <laughs> the end of every show. And it Scratch needs to... That. Okay, so Stay Sweet is not it. <laughs> no, that's not um, good But I wanted it to kind of connect with like the cookie cutter thing. No, I know, but I like your beginning. I like your beginning intro. Which Get is in what? Losers, we're talking, talking about, about our, our feelings. feelings. Yeah, that's funny. It should be something okay. along those lines. Okay, get out, losers. We're done talking about <laughs> feelings. Get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll work on it. Let me know if you have any suggestions. All right. Bye, guys.